Andrew's hand circles my and his thumb swipes across the uh, he applies some pressure and that causes me to stifle a moan. Mm. How does that feel, he asks. Pretty good, I reply. But I burrow deeper into the sofa and push my f- even further into his palms. Mm. You can do it harder, though. <laughs> his eyebrows quirk, but he obliges. He lifts my f- up towards his face and presses his thumb into the b- of my f- this time I don't stop the sound coming from my throat. Mm. He lets my slide down and repeats the move, this time on my His hands are everywhere I need them to be. <laughs> Your mouth sounds like the dirtiest dish in my kitchen right now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vim. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Thirst Aid Kit. This week, uh, welcome to the Great British Bay Off. <laughs> so we started the season off with an episode about your southern bays, Nicole. Right. Uh, and now we get to thirst over my countrymen, um, which is very exciting for me. So my friend Bridget Minimore and I are going to talk about everything about British dudes, uh, from the concept of roadmen, which I think Americans have no knowledge of. No, not really, because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Right. So maybe by the end of this episode, you will have a clearer understanding of what we mean when we say roadman. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talk about class and how that affects um, desire, as do accents. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, dudes like Chiwetel Ejiofor and Idris Elba mm-hmm. uh, and just so, so, so much more. I have to say, as a point of housekeeping, there were absolutely no soggy bottoms in this episode. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we talk about um, Andrew Lincoln as well, mm-hmm. who has a really, really yes, uh, he means a lot to you. He right? means the most to me. Yeah, um, and finally, finally, <laughs> we get to talk about Charlie Cox, yeah. who is one of my favorite I British know. men. Your voice gets a little bit deep when you talk uh, about Charlie. <laughs> I, I have a lot of feelings for him, and I can tell. And I have to tell the listeners also, guys, uh, when I tell you Nicole <laughs> loves Charlie Cox, I just all I all I'm going to say as a word of warning is. Just brace yourselves for this drabble this week because Nicole really takes it to a place. Yeah, it's it's my second favorite drabble that I've done for the show. And it's also the closest to one of my actual real life fantasies. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hate that laugh so much. It's so disgusting (laughs) and perfect. Okay. So on your marks, get set. First. Hello. Hi, Bridget. It's Bim. <laughs> Hi. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for doing this, stranger. <laughs> so Bridget is someone that I've known for years. I first met her online and then in 3D life. And listen, she's just one of the funniest people I know. Like, she is hilarious. On my list of problematic faves, my crush on Michael Fassbender is definitely number one. And so I was like, how do I get rid of this? How do I make this a little bit less like my my crush was so raging, Bim. It was so obscene. It was so strong. <laughs> like I remember, I, I got the Shane DVD and I watched like the opening scene like on repeat for a while. Remind me what's in the opening scene again, please. There is a good one point six seconds <laughs> full frontal like swing. <laughs> 
Bridget is a wonderful writer. She's very engaging and very warm. And she has written for publications like The Fader and for BuzzFeed and for The Pool. And she's written about things like uh, the black working class of the UK. You've written about Drake and how he's a lovely roadman <laughs> wannabe. You are in the British culture and I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. Also, very importantly, you are a great writer of troll fuck poems, which yeah. may be my favorite thing about you when it comes to what you've <laughs> written. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm like having a cup of tea. So everything wow. is everything is fine. <laughs> I feel so British and close to you right now. <laughs> Let's talk about Britishness and hot dudes. What do you think is the most British aphrodisiac when it comes Ooh. to when it comes to fancying a British dude? Oh, so I guess there's there's fancying British dudes and then there's me fancying British dudes, right? Ooh, okay, yeah, so, absolutely. So there's a big difference between that. For me, two, you've got two types of British dudes. You've got sort of geeky British dudes. I assume they're kind of geeky, even if they are hot. And then there's like road British dudes, right. which is why my Drake crush has been like going higher and higher and higher as the years have gone on. I tried to explain what a roadman was to Julia and Agi, our producers here. And they had this look of intense concentration, but absolutely no <laughs> comprehension. Like, and then, and then Julia says, so do you mean like a trucker? And I was like, no, not a trucker. I don't mean on road, actually driving down the road. I mean, roadman. So please. What roadman is. Yes, please. I mean, so roadmen are a typical sort of guy who's on road, you know. <laughs> that's what um, I said. That's it. I said like, he's on road and they were like, what does that mean? You know, a friend of mine has got this TEDx talk about road men, which <laughs> uh, maybe is a good intro. A poet friend of mine called Caleb Femi and it's called Road Man or Man on Road. Right. Road men, they're usually black or brown. Mm -hmm. They're usually working class. Mm -hmm. They're usually in some sort of sportswear. <laughs> yes. Um but those are not, you know, be-alls and end-alls. No. But they're just sort of guys who are on the road, who <laughs> are about... <laughs> they're on the road, fam. Uh. Yeah, on the road, and they're about, and they're sort of, you know, they're, they're not always, they're not always sexy. They're not always paying. But there's something about them. I trust them. I grew up sort of surrounded by road men. And I find it very comforting, this particular sort of, black or brown working class guy yeah. who will I don't know I know you know like I'm not scared of them at all I yeah. just feel like if if something weird happens I can like lock eyes with one and laugh right I know exactly what you mean it's kinship isn't it it's like understanding that we come from a similar place and you feel safe you feel comfortable you feel like yourself exactly exactly which right. is very attractive you know right. and so so many rappers that I have raging crushes on I kept it to one in my top four I was like one one is allowed Kano but there are so many like gigs oh gigs I've had a long-term crush on even like Wretch 3-2 yeah just myself um not Stormzy <laughs> no matter how much I love Stormzy I don't have a crush on Stormzy he looks like at least 15% of my Ghanaian cousins right 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 <laughs> that's how I feel about Idris Elba which again we will come back to Idris Elba reminds me of several of my uncles he is, he might be one of your uncles, Billy. You should, he, no. he, he might could. I don't know. He looks, he literally looks like my uncle Kunle. Like he looks <laughs> like my uncle Kunle. It's hard. I can understand that he's a handsome man objectively. Yeah. He has like a vibe, a very uncleish vibe in general. And then to look like an actual uncle of mine is just a step too far. It's a bridge <laughs> too far. I can't cross it. 
So, Me too. Right, Me right, too. right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit then about how accents tie into class and what you find attractive. Because you like some, you like some road men accents and what that looks, what that sounds like, and who they are. And I do. I want to talk about because this is something that we spoke about before about when we're in America, how we tend to become a little bit more British. A little um, bit more British. Right. I go I go to full Hugh Grant. Like <laughs> I I like ramp it up and I jella Lawson. Like, hi, my name is Bridget. How are you? <laughs> yes. I drop no teas. And once that happens, I also push it up. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the BBC. <laughs> I become really kind of, you know, hardcore, <laughs> hardcore RP British. But I want to talk a little bit about that because you are from South East London. I am. Thank you. Thank you. For, for, I, I appreciate the compliment. Uh, <laughs> for Americans who don't know, South East London is the only part of London you should recognise and or respect. That is 100% not true, but you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, however. <laughs> the other parts of London have got their, their redeeming qualities in certain ways. Right. But I'm, I'm from South East London. I'm actually going to turn just... off your mic, just so you're aware, because you're chatting actual shit right now. But anyway... You are from South East London. You went to school in Croydon. You're a South girl. I want to talk about British accents and specifically British vernacular. So earlier you said someone was paying, which I love. (laughs) It's such a great word because I love paying. Um, But I want to talk more about British vernacular. And there are certain words that, you know, set you off. What are those words that you hear and you think, "Mm," and a little shudder goes down your spine? (laughs) I mean, it's funny because, yeah, with, with sort of road road slang there are certain words that I just I'm just like wow I I have I have this real love for you that might edge into fancying so um (laughs) I guess starting in south there are simple things like raw like yeah you know like when a when a road man sort of (laughs) begins or ends a sentence with raw (laughs) you're like oh hello and then if you like cross the river actually and you go into certain parts of west or north yeah there's a certain type of like so often somali second or third generation roadman uh-huh. who will bang out the wallahis yes and i feel very at home when i hear wallahi <laughs> because i remember once i was in an airport in uh where was i i think i was in california and i just heard oh wallahi and i was like what who where are you <laughs> brother um lover you know so yeah I don't know there's something about it it goes beyond fancying it's like love right okay that's that's deep it is deep it's funny because despite often having crushes on like people who I consider posh Mm -hmm. it's not as simple as white for me it's like the the class is is such a big deal Mm -hmm. and Um, you've you've written about uh black working class people yeah, a lot because I feel like you know, in in this country mm. and mm. around the world, actually, there's this there's this perception of Britain being a white place. Right, it is. You know, the the majority of British people, of English people specifically, are white, mm. but there is a solid black and brown working class that is often forgotten about, both here and abroad. And so, for me posh voices often just repel me I feel just get this real nausea Mm -hmm. there's nothing sadder it's why I can't fancy anyone from Game of Thrones because I see them on like talk shows and it just is revealed they've got this like Hugh Grant Tory plummy voice and I'm like no (laughs) you sound like you're gonna you know try and make a joke about buying me at a university party It just reminds me of every sort of awful white boy I went to uni with. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Even white road men are hilarious. If a white road man doesn't have a squeaky voice, 
there's a particular type of squeaky voiced white road man who I don't fancy, but I have a lot of love for. Right, you know? right, right. So squeaky voiced white road men aside, uh, who are you fancying right now? Who do I fancy? Yeah, who's Lots British? of people. Okay. Lots of people. But I was thinking about this. I was trying to curate my list and <laughs> I have a top four. I don't often like even numbers, but I have a top four. Okay. So number one is the man I have fancied for a solid 15 plus years. Wow. A oh. rapper by the name of Kano. Kano! <laughs> Kano is the only person I fancied when I was like 14, 13, who I'm not embarrassed to say I still fancy now, you know? You know what? That's a solid choice. Mm, he's beautiful he and he's talented he's really talented he he's is beautiful. which helps right it helps the fancy along if someone's hot it helps a lot okay so number two <laughs> uh-huh. in this top four you know it's not ordered sure. max Mingella. Ma- the eyebrows the eyebrows the what eyebrows they, what those eyebrows do max max is nice <laughs> max is cool mm-hmm. he just pops up you know i was like you look a bit spicy. I like you. So Max, <laughs> Max is number two. <laughs> you number look a bit spicy. Like it's a fucking jar crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Who's number three? Number three, uh, Chiwetel. Beautiful Chiwetel, who I loved when I first saw him on stage at the theatre years ago. What did you see him in? What did you see him in? I can't remember. I can't actually remember. But I remember he was one of the first black people I saw on stage in London you know which is which was a rarity still is a lot of the time sure. but everyone loved him and I remember in the like national theatre foyer hearing someone calling him Chewy and like flinching within myself <laughs> and I knew that I loved him dearly and I've loved him since his you name know? is Chewitel actually said 14 year old Bridget yeah 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 seriously um and number four please number four number four is uh you know Daredevil, very own Charlie Cox. Oh my God! I have American audiences with the American accent, but a British boy at heart. Yeah, yeah, I love him. I love him. I have such extended daydreams about Charlie Cox, and we'll come back to this because (laughs) you've created a work of art around the, the the magnificent beauty that is Charlie Cox. We'll come back to that. Okay. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Bim. <laughs> so how how was that for you as an American listening to two Brits, two black British girls talking about British dudes? Well, it's interesting because I was not familiar with Kano or Max Mangella. 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 Mm. Well, rather, I didn't realize that Max Mangella is the one who plays Nick in The Handmaid's Tale. He's the driver that offered maybe has I don't want to spoil it no it's okay because I haven't watched it okay but I know he's in that but also and this is I think of interest to both of us he plays the younger brother of Danny Castellano on the Mindy Project oh see by that time I had stopped watching you know what you're not alone but fair but I I remember thinking to myself oh that's good casting because uh, as we you know Bridget and I hinted at Mm -hmm. Max Miguela is a spicy white because you know he's, he's shall we say swarthy Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's a little bit, he's, got, yeah. he's a little bit tan, a little dusky. Yeah, a little, a little d- I call it dusky. I'm dusky. southern. That's how we. That was the code word back in the day in the south, right? To, for yeah. Some... So he's pretty dusky. Yeah. He has magnificent eyebrows, lovely dark hair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we love Max Minghella, uh, or at least Bridget really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's very cute. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I actively fancy him, but mm-hmm. shout out to him for existing. I had a great time talking to Bridget. We covered so much ground. I actually kind of wanted you to hear Bridget recite one of her magnificent fuck poems. Oh, a fuck poem. (laughs) What is that? Mate, it's everything that you think it is Mm -hmm. and more. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I'm digging it. You know, I love poetry. I love fucking. <laughs> Just putting the two together. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So take a listen. Oh, my God. So a fuck poem, or FP for short, um, are, you know, I have, I have friends who have a similar sense of humor to me, and I like to make them laugh. And like most stupid things I've done in my life, uh, I... I write things to make my friends laugh. And so I started writing these poems about celebrities I fancied or celebrities they'd fancy or celebrities we even just objectively don't fancy, Mm. but find Mm. repulsive just, you know, to mix it up. And I'd write these poems imagining what it would be like to have sex with them as a, and I, and I think I'm quite good. I think at, uh, if not knowing exactly what someone's sexual practice will be, Uh imagining what I think you would believe their sexual practice would be, you know? Right, 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 right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm so honoured that you chose to share it with us and I'm glad you're going to read this particular one. So whenever you're ready, please clear your throat dramatically and begin. (laughs) Thank you. I want to fuck Charlie Cox. Watch him laugh as I joke about his surname. It's like cock, do you get it? Smile back at him when we begin undressing and he whispers something tender in my ear. I will start to cry then, very lightly. To my surprise, I will cry at his honesty and the beauty of his eyelashes and he will notice but say nothing for a moment because he will know how much I hate feeling vulnerable. So he will stay silent for a moment before suddenly launching into a terribly sung rendition of Take That's Rule the World to make me laugh and I will jump in shock and hit his chin with my forehead which will make him bite his tongue, which will bleed, which will lead to me look so horrified he laughs again, which makes me laugh because I've stopped crying now, we'll be naked and laughing together for over half an hour before simultaneously putting our pants back on. And I will grab his t-shirt from him, smiling. And as he helps me put it on, he'll wink but say nothing and we'll curl up in bed and watch Netflix. And my finger will hover over a certain show and we will wrestle the iPad from me and say, I know you're joking, but that's not funny. And I'll reply, I like seeing you in the suit. And he'll respond, well, sorry to disappoint, but he'll laugh anyway. And we'll end up watching something generic, but comforting like the matrix or armageddon and when it ends i'll suddenly be very aware of his hand on my waist and his face near my neck and his legs entangled with mine and i will in turn take my t-shirt off feel his hand suddenly trailing further down my stomach and smile bitch i love that poem It is one of my favorite things you have ever (laughs) written. And I love almost pretty much everything you write. I love. But this, I want to fucking frame this, put it on like a velvet mount, place it on my wall and be like, guys, have you seen the work of a young poet in the UK called Bridget Minimal? This is art. Oh, my God. Boom. You were not lying about that fuck poem. I never lie, Nicole. I <sighs> never lie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. I'm, 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 I will be. Yeah. I will be. Yes. God's <laughs> not done with you yet. <laughs> it's cool, though, because we're going to talk a lot more about Charlie Cox in a second. So stay tuned. So I know you have a lot of feelings about uh, Mr. Charles Cox. Yes, Charlie Cox. <laughs> you are um, doing a dance right now. <laughs> I wish just... you could see Nicole. <laughs> She's just kind of like her shoulders are moving. Yes. Her, yes. Kind of her chest is heaving a yes. little bit. You're kind of, your, your waist is whining. Go on, tell um, me more. So I first 
saw Charlie Cox in Boardwalk Empire because I did not see Stardust when it came out. Um, oh, okay. I actually don't. I didn't even remember that movie. Wow. Until I saw him in Boardwalk Empire, which was an HBO series about um, gangsters. Yeah, prohibition, whatever, mm-hmm. in um, Jersey. Uh huh. And he was playing an Irish person. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not Irish. He is not Irish. Right. But he was playing an Irish person. And so... Um, Sorry, what's his name? His name. The character's name is Owen Slater. Okay. And what I normally do when I find that I am crushing on a particular actor, I then go back and look at their previous work. So You're a thorough person. Yes, I, I appreciate am. it. I am. <laughs> You're a completist. I understand. Yes. So then I went back and saw Stardust. And I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't this movie blow up? It was so sweet and good. I don't it know. It blew up in the UK. I don't know about American audiences, but Stardust was huge in I the UK. I completely missed it. So I don't know if that's my fault or... I think it was, but we'll, we'll move past Fine. that because you've okay. clearly seen the way of your sins. <laughs> yes. Go on. So Charlie Cox... I his little hairy chest and yes. forearms. It's a good chest. It's a great. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, he has um, wonderful forearms. Yes, and so he's he's playing Daredevil now, and they have his and chest yes, waxed, is. and I just hate that because I'm like, let superheroes have hairy chest. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, there's this moment in Boardwalk Empire where Charlie's character Owen Slater has a flirtatious kind of situation with uh, Kelly McDonald's character, who is Margaret Thompson, who is you know, the lady of the house, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, I just can't even like talk about it because it's so sexy and hot and steamy. I'm going to play like a couple of seconds. I'm very ready to hear this. Because I've sent this clip to you. I you think. have. I was like watching it and I recorded it on my phone and I sent it to you. You sent it to me, you sent it to me with some amazing commentary. I don't even remember. The, the first one you said was just watch this. And I was like, <laughs> is this like a tape I have to see before I die in seven days time? But you just, you just sent the, you said, you, first of all, you sent, watch this then you sent the clip and I was like oh my god tell my family I love them yes. I don't know what Nicole is sending me but then I watched it and I completely understood your very terse instructions so yes. please play the so, clip so yes okay well, let me like set it up they, yeah they've been having a little flirtation she's trying to deny it she's very catholic and she's like you know she's confessed and all this kind of stuff and okay so she's come home and he's the only person in the house I thought you wanted me after Mr. Thompson in either case, you needn't be here. I'll go if you tell me. Are you mine to command? If you like. You can bring the bag up. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if everybody caught that. So she's like, you're not supposed to be here. He's like, I'll go if you tell me. And she says, are you mine to command? And he says, if you like. <laughs> Bitch. Yes. Oh, my God. It's this perfect romance novel shit. Like... <laughs> And it's but it's like really steamy and charged. You are blushing right uh, now. <laughs> she's at the top of the stairs and he's at the bottom and he turns around hella quick and he's like, if you like. Yes. <laughs> and so then and then, I don't really want to spoil it if you haven't seen the series. I mean, it's but it's been out. It's been, yeah. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> but you really need to pay attention to seasons two and three with Charlie Cox because he uh when he walks, it's his hips. And he's got this rolling shoulder, rolling hips thing going on. Yes, you need to watch. <laughs> you need to watch Boardwalk Empire because when you see Charlie Cox on Daredevil, which more Americans are probably familiar with, and he's walking down the hallway for those infamous hallway fighting oh scenes God. and shit, you're like, yes, Charlie, yes, Daredevil. But no, this shit right here, yeah, 
Listen. Okay, so I'm going to watch Boardwalk Empire based on the strength of this uh, conversation. But to talk about Daredevil, though, mm. can I just say the first time he's kind of walking down, you know, before he gets the proper uniform and he's mm-hmm. wearing like the all black mm-hmm. and the mask mm-hmm. and all that stuff and he's walking down oh, and he walks. That mask. That ma- So I, I'm. Uh, <laughs> Are you milliarding? What yes. are you doing? I'm like, it's just, it just hit me. I just, the first time I saw him walk, I had a distinct twang in my lower belly. And at first I thought it was hunger. And then I realized, oh, it's hunger. All no, right. that wasn't a twang. That was a strum. That was just like <laughs> a little like. <sighs> strum in my pain. With- uh, anyway. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> When I watched Daredevil, I remember thinking to myself, wow, Bim, you have excellent taste. You've made the right choice to fancy this man Mm -hmm. because look at him go. Mm -hmm. I also, I'm a huge fan of Charlie Cox. Mm -hmm. I think there is something very sweet about his face. It's very open. And, you know, he does it really well when he he does those little quiet smiles on Daredevil, which he also did in Enchanted a lot. Not Enchanted. um, Uh, Stardust. Stardust. He 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 had these kind of cute little boyish smiles, which I think is very attractive. And Mm -hmm. then to go back to what you said earlier about his forearms, I am very much a fan of his mm, forearms. They mm-hmm. are just nice to look at. I mm-hmm. imagine they'd be nice to touch. I imagine he's a very good hugger. Um, yes. To go back to Bridget's amazing poem about <laughs> about Charlie Cox, mm-hmm. I just want to talk about how she made him seem like a dude who was fun and funny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's the impression I get mm-hmm. with Charlie. So in, in, in as much as he is like, you know, generically hot or whatever, mm-hmm. I think there is something... When I think about who he could be, I think that he has a very good kind of sense of British humor. Mm-hmm. And I find that deeply attractive. So that is something that I'm thinking of when I'm with a British dude is they have to be funny, but they have to be the right kind of funny. And I think Charlie Cox kind of hits that. Yeah, I um, in doing all the research for this uh, episode, I saw an um, independent short film called Harry, Henry, and the Prostitute, where Charlie Cox plays the character Harry. His roommate is Henry, and the two of them hire a sex worker who comes in, but they're not able to pay her. So, of course, hijinks ensue, whatever. And I didn't find it particularly funny myself because I didn't have the proper context for sure. a lot of British um, comedy, you know, the culture. Yeah, it's very specific, right? Yeah, comedy is very culturally specific. Um, but it was nice to see him in a humorous role because we don't often get that in America. He's He's been playing very serious kind of dramatic roles over here. But it was good to see like this evolution mm-hmm. or this early portrait of charlie cox and his abilities and see how he's changed but also kind of remain the same person right 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 um and i think to talk about when you talk about what americans are familiar with i in doing again talking about this episode or thinking about this episode i remember when i was younger and the british guy that so many american audiences knew and knew really well was hugh grant um Mm. and that was a big thing because you know four four weddings happened Mm -hmm. and um years later notting hill and there was nine months and all these other things but hugh grant was very much a a, arguably one of our biggest exports (laughs) when it came to the culture Mm. uh and i think for many people you know and he became like a punchline for different jokes like oh you know when he does it when he stumbles over his words it's it's charming but when i do it as an american it's not blah 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 Mm. and i was like well you know again it's part of the idea of britishness as this kind of charming thing where we're all kind of you i'm so sorry i'm frightfully sorry people kind of love that kind of shit Mm. um by people i mean american people um but i remember i mean you're very much in the minority yeah like hugh grant that's why i was like doing a little marge simpson moan yeah because (laughs) it's just 
He just never really did anything. That's for okay. Me. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking obviously about yeah, ourselves, right. but also in the wider culture. I, yeah. I can't. For me, the, the, those two things are married. And I remember thinking, I never found Hugh Grant like properly attractive mm-hmm. until about a boy many years later when he had shorter hair mm-hmm. and he doesn't just so much of the stumbling. He's kind of like a dickhead, and I was mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, that's the sweet spot. Like, I need, <laughs> I need Hugh Grant not to be some kind of. Blunt. Do we need to talk about your attraction to assholes? No, it's no, 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 no. I'm not attracted no. to dickheads. Oh, okay. I just, I enjoy a stern man. Um, mm. And I think even if what he was, what he was is a dickhead, at least he knew that's what he was. And he mm-hmm. kind of like occupied his lane very firmly. And I, I, I was drawn to that. Um, but anyway, so that's that's Hugh Grant. Right. The person that I fancy the most, and I think arguably I've really given this some thought that I've given. The person who I think of in terms of, wow, I crush so heavily on him that I've been known to dream about the, the character and all the actor. Mm is a man by the name of Andrew Lincoln. Now, what, what's the name again? Andrew Lincoln. I just wanted to hear how your voice <laughs> changed when you said his name. Go ahead, go ahead. I just, oh, my stomach's doing flips. I have such an immense crush on this man. Mm-hmm. I think he is just dreamy. I I love him so much. I, I look at him and I just think to myself, God, we could make each other so happy. Yes. Um, so listeners. Okay. Listeners, I just want you to know that Bim's love for Andrew Lincoln is so <laughs> strong. It's such a glowing thing <laughs> that it has like sprinkled itself onto me. See? And I see, I don't even watch The Walking Dead. No. I vaguely remember him from Love Actually. Yeah. Um, and those are the only two properties that I know him from. What? Yes. <laughs> but Bim has been so effusive in her love for him and her praise <laughs> for him that now I'm like, oh, yes. You I get it. it. I totally get it. He has an amazing nose. He has an amazing I nose. Am so and when I say amazing, my, my listen, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> filthy. <laughs> I think he has a great face. I used to fancy him when he was a character called Simon on an old TV show called Teachers. Mm-hmm. And when I went to university, we had Teachers on VHS because I'm that old. And we would watch, <laughs> we would watch teachers on VHS and I would you know literally I would leave my shorthand lecture and I would come back home during the lunch break and I'd watch an episode of teachers I bloody love Andrew Lincoln he's one of the longest running crushes of my life Aww. and every time yeah thank you and it I know that he is playing an American on The Walking Dead mm-hmm but that does not diminish my love for him. And I also love him even more post season six when the powers that be at The Walking Dead paired him with Michonne on the show. Yes. He's played by Danai Gurira. Yeah. She is a black woman. Yes. She is a stunning black stunning, woman. Dark skin. Just, you know, she's a playwright. She's like an award winning playwright, can I just right. say? She's won the Whiting Award. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a play, a Tony nominated play on Broadway last year. She's kind of a big deal. She's amazing. And this is who they've paired with Andrew Lincoln. And like I said, my love for him is already pretty much reaching into the heavens. And then they pair him with this dark-skinned black woman who kind of sort of maybe from a distance through a muddy window looks like me. Yes. Shit. (laughs) Listen. It really is life-changing to see yourself in someone on screen. 100%. And to see a dark-skinned black woman being loved on, being taken care of. and, and, And even just engaging in some really good steamy makeout sessions right and see for me that um a lot of times crushes can start on a particular actor if i seeing that he is in a part where he is loving on a black woman uh-huh, uh-huh. It, and it's so like oh here is 
here I am, like, you know, I'm putting myself in this person. Sure. And then to see this actor treating her well, because sometimes you can tell that when an actor is uncomfortable in a position, in a, in a, in a, in a role. In a position, sure. Yes, in a role <laughs> and what he has to do. And it's uh-huh. just, it'll pull you out like, oh, are you afraid to kiss her or something like that? Um, uh-huh. So to see Rick or Andrew Lincoln in these clips that you have shown me. <laughs> She's showing me one now, and I'm like, don't distract me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so to see Andrew Lincoln in this role with Deny, and to see how careful he is. Yeah, comfortable. Like, yes. he's, he's tested waters, and, you know, he, he proceeds, I think, not with caution, but with confidence. Yeah, well, when I say careful, I don't mean, like, yeah, yeah. you know, let me make sure I don't fuck up. I yeah. just mean that he is just um, he's fully present. Yeah. He's fully present mm-hmm. in his character, and there's no visible discomfort right. in, in it. And you could argue that, of course, Andrew Lincoln is a very dedicated actor because I, I believe he is, based right. on the evidence of the things that I've read about right. him and so on. He's played opposite um, black and brown love interests mm-hmm. for a very long time, which mm-hmm. makes me very comfortable. And like I said, if I was the kind of person to Photoshop herself into these scenes, mm-hmm. it would be remarkably easy because there is a history there. And a part of me just trusts Andrew Lincoln the the... I feel comfortable in fancying him because I'm like, do you know what? I've seen him kiss at least three black girls on screen. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it'll be fine. That's that, that for me is reassuring. Popular culture doesn't always make sense, but sometimes it does. And when I look at Andrew Lincoln, I think to myself, ah, there is a white dude that I'm not scared <laughs> will say some fuck shit mm-hmm. to me, which has happened, which you try and put to the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. But I love him because he is obviously very hot and he's nice and intelligent and kind and all that stuff. But also I really like the fact that, do you know what? If fate were to throw me into his path, I'm not an actress, but I could be one day. Right. He would know what to do. He Mm -hmm. would know where to put his hands in my hair and he would know how to kind of adapt. Probably because he has such a lovely lower lip himself. Mm -hmm. I feel like he has experience with lips. Uh, You know what? I have no response to that. But (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready for that. But yes, yes. Uh, I know it's Nicole's favorite segment and you know what let's just say it's my favorite segment too (laughs) Uh, it's the fanfic wars and I don't know I feel again this week that I am clearly the person you should be giving your votes to but listen let me finish but I'm also very generous. And I mm-hmm. think the key thing is, the thing that we cannot forget about Fanfic Walls every week mm-hmm. is that essentially all of us win. Yes, we're all winners. Right. Some just win more than others. Oh, anyway. Listen to her over here. <laughs> no, no, no. All jokes aside, Nicole, I am so excited to hear your travel this week because I know Charlie Cox means so much to yes. you and your thirsting journey. Yes. So, I uh, mean, it gives I mean, me like a lot of reactions. I even can tell. Just, like, you are hot in the face yes. right now. And that's okay. This is a safe space. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm going to bring you a little portable fan. I need it. I can tell. But yeah, I'm excited. I want to hear your, your travel. So go for it. Okay. Charlie did not have a good day today. A co-star couldn't remember his lines, forcing too many retakes. A stunt went wrong twice, and Charlie ended up with a huge, painful bruise across his back. When he gets home, he barely kisses me before heading to the shower. I wait for him in the bedroom. Sometimes he wants to order in and Netflix the day away. Other times he just goes to bed with his arms around me. But tonight, he needs something more. He leaves the bathroom wearing gray pajama bottoms low on his hips. 
His hair is damp and wild. The amber of his eyes darken. His focus on me is sharp, and I move to the edge of the bed, ready to stand to meet him, but he tells me not to move. He reaches me and kneels, spreading my knees, and without another word, he presses his mouth against me, his tongue knowing and warm. Catching my breath, I grab his hair and pull his head away, a little harder than I should, but I know that's how he likes it. His mouth shines in a way that speeds my heart even more. Please, he whispers. Do you know what? (laughs) I don't need this fucking attack. I come into the workplace. I'm trying to do some work. I'm a professional. Do you want to? So, do you want to just go outside and light a fag or something? I really do. I want to. I really do. I, I want to go outside. Uh, I don't even smoke, but I'm about ready to light the fuck up. I need a cigarette. Jesus wept. <sighs> he said what now? Hmm? Mm. He said please. Do you know what? I feel like the most Nigerian auntie, but what is the meaning of all this? I feel upset. I feel attacked. I'm sorry. I had to drink my drink and like, like slurp on it for a second. Hold think, on. Do you know what? The straw can't handle that. Put that down. I just... What Listen, the fuck? Charlie Cox's mouth, though. Like, I don't know how you could not think of... Oh my God. And not I just, want to imagine I it on you. I just, I just swallowed a lot of saliva, which tells its own horrible story. <laughs> Thinking about Charlie Cox's mouth. It's an excellent yes. mouth. It's an exceedingly yes. good mouth. Listen, and congrats to his parents. I'm going to send them a card. Listen. It's good work, everyone. White boys that have a fuller upper lip than their bottom lip Fuck off. are a fucking problem. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. If I ever meet Charlie Cox, the first thing I'm going to say to him is, hey, congrats <laughs> on your fucking face. Good job on the lips. <sighs> yes, indeed. Anyway, great fic. Uh, Thank you. Let me go ahead and try and read mine, which is so much tamer in comparison. But I feel like the feelings are are real. Okay. And my one is about Andrew Lincoln, who Mm. has ruined me for all real life men. Yes. And you've ruined me for Andrew because you've just been been sending you. I've been sending you all the gifts. Yeah. All right. So this is my fig. The sound of the faucet running greets me as I enter the kitchen in my socked feet. And I see Andy at the sink. I pause to take in the view. It feels decadent to do so after all this time, but I feel like being decadent. His back is broad, but not bulky, and I can think of no safer place to rest my face. The wave in his hair gets tighter the further back you go, and because he hasn't had a haircut recently, at my insistence, I have to admit, the curls gather and sit right on his collar, making my hands itch to touch. I must have made a sound because he turns off the tap before turning to me. His face is a little flushed, from the steam, I presume, and he's smiling. The smile reaches his eyes, but I don't linger there. Instead, I let my eyes rest on one of my favourite features of his, that noble nose. When I reach him, I run my finger down it, before pressing my face into his, rubbing mine against his. Our kiss is unhurried. Now is not the time for urgency and tastes like home. His bottom lip is a feast. His big hand sits in the small of my back and with the slightest pressure brings us closer in the most delicious way. I let my own hands rest in the back pockets of his jeans. Hey, he says, I missed you. It's enough. It's too much. The dishes don't get done till the morning. 
What? <laughs> You've gone red. <laughs> oh my god, his bottom lip is a feast. It's okay, a, Bim. Listen. Okay, Bim. I felt like when I was reading it, it felt like when you <sighs> break your fast at the end of a day during Ramadan. <sighs> and I, as soon as I wrote that line, I was like, God, forgive me, but I, I must speak the song of my heart. <sighs> and the song of my heart <coughs> tells me that Andrew Lincoln's lip is both a crime, mm-hmm. but also salvation. And I make no apologies for that. It's, uh, it's a good mouth. It's okay. a good, good yes. set of lips. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. nose. Yes. 10 out of 10. Would perv again. All of that. Just the whole face. <laughs> this British Bay off has cooked up some feelings. <laughs> you need to get out of the studio right now before I punch you in the face for that horrific wordplay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of that. Thank you very much. You should not be. I'm embarrassed for you and I'm going to fight you the minute the, the mics are off. I can't believe you God. just did that. But listeners, we you have heard our fanfic. You know what you need to do now. Tweet us at Thursday Kit. Let us know which one you prefer, which will be mine. Charlie oh pulling God. his hair, giving him a better day. Oh, God. Clearly it's Andy and me, oh but boy. do you, sis? Whatever. Listen, listen. <laughs> I, I, I think I touched some people out there with this Sure one. you did. All right. I mean, I agree you did. I just feel like mine was, <laughs> you know, touched them better. Anyway. Um, <laughs> The key thing is, also remember this, we want to hear your drabbles, uh, mm-hmm. ideally about your favourite British thirst object, uh, which is obviously the uh, the theme of this week. We've put up some of the fan-submitted drabbles over on our Tumblr, and you can find them at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. Yes, so remember, tweet us your drabble if it's short enough, or you can email us at thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. And don't forget, let's try to keep it like two paragraphs or less. A paragraph would be best, um, but Ideal. yeah. But yeah, send us your drabbles. Mm. Uh, you may have noticed there is no Thirst Sommelier in the show this week. Um, but please, if you would like to take part in this segment in a future episode in which we, you know, widen your thirst palette with our own very carefully curated crush recommendations, then please call and leave us a short emphasis on short message about your crushes. The number to call is 765-8-THIRST. That's 765-884-4778. So some people have asked about that. Yes, it is an American number. And if you cannot uh, leave a voicemail, then, of course, send us an email. Once again, that email address is thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. Thursday Kit is produced by Eleanor Kagan, Julia Furlan, and Agaranesh Ashagre with additional editing by Meg Kramer. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. And you can find us on Twitter at TN Whiskey Woman. That's TN Whiskey with an E Woman. And at Bimadew, B I M A D E W. Uh, thanks again to Bridget Minimore. You can find her at BridgetMinimore.com. And you can also find her on Twitter at Bridget Minimore. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please head to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. And we love to hear that we're doing something good. So let us know what you thought of this particular episode and the season so far. Email us at thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. So that's it this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for your emails. Don't add your crushes on Twitter. Unless you're actually shooting your shots and are, <laughs> are ready to accept the consequences of that, <laughs> don't add anybody. Exactly. So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and we'll be back very soon. Love you.
Catching my breath, I grab his hair and pull his head away a little harder than I should. Bitch! But I know that's how he <laughs> <Sorry>. likes it. <laughs> For yelling, I get in your ear. What the fuck, man? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna start that. that I, think, I think you should. I'm gonna try and rein in my response. Apologies.